Welcome everyone to our NCAA Social Series. I'm Andy Katz here at the NCAA Convention in San Antonio. I'm pleased to be joined by Linda Livingstone. She is the president of Baylor University and the chair of the Board of Governors. Uh, you've been incredibly busy here. Uh, you did a great job at the State of College Sports. You had one president exiting and one incoming in March. Uh, first off, I'm just curious because being a president of a university is an incredibly demanding job 24-7. How have you been able to, on a personal level, seriously, how have you been able to balance Baylor, Board of Governors, your own family uh, on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, one, it's great to be with you, Andy. I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you again today. And it is a lot and a, a lot of demands, but uh, it is work I love. I mean, I care deeply about higher education. I care deeply about college athletics. And as you know, I have a family of college athletes, so they're very, very supportive because they love college athletics as well and want to see it kind of healthy and sustainable for many, many years to come. So I'm really fortunate to have a wonderful support network at Baylor in my family that allows me to not only do kind of my day job, but to do the things that I do for the NCAA. I know this may sound a little wonky, but I'm also just curious, like when you have to deal with decisions and people from the NCAA side, you have obviously contacts there, you have your Baylor contacts. How do you actually sort of delegate you know, the administrative side of that when you've got two different entities and they're not in front of you, they're not, you know, actually on campus. Yeah. Well, I, I tell people when they say, you know, what's the key to being a successful leader or a successful university president? I say, you've got to have a great team around you. And I have a fabulous uh, leadership team at Baylor, my president's council. So I have great confidence in them to know that if I'm off doing something for the NCA or for other things that they're there, they got their arms around everything and I'm in close contact with them off and on. Same thing at the NCAA, great staff at the NCAA that are unbelievably supportive and wonderful to work with that do everything they can to make my life as easy as possible given the responsibilities I have with the NCAA. So you gotta have great teams around you to make it possible to do these kinds of things. And I am very fortunate both at Baylor and in the NCAA to have that happen. Uh, one thing that became clear when you were speaking at the State of College Sports is, uh, I mean, just for lack of a better word, you get it, okay? You make it concise uh, and you get to the point. Uh, that's been an issue in the past in college athletics. You know, we got advisories and committees and acronyms and we never get to the point. How critical was it for you to explain what is happening and be much more direct? I think that's what we have to do going forward. We're in a, an unbelievably complex environment when you think about the legal, the political, what's happening at the state level and so on. And so it's really complex. So it is hard for people to understand. And so the more that we can uh, simplify it, hit the critical uh, points to it and really try to lay out the solutions, the better off we are. Because if people don't understand what the problem is, they're never going to buy into the solution. And I think that's the issues we have both within the NCAA with the broader public. And then frankly, as we think about a congressional strategy, how do you get people to understand what the key issues are in as simple a way as possible so they understand why the solutions matter so much. All right, so let's be direct. To you, at this moment in time, what would be Top three, what are the three most pressing issues in this next year facing NCAA member schools? 
it really goes back to the work we're doing in the uh, Committee on Congressional Engagement and Action. We really need to get uh, protection for our student athletes uh, for special status so they're not considered employees. That will have a huge impact across the entire uh, association, probably more in divisions two and three than even in division one. We need preemption from state law. We know there's just uh, with 30 different state laws around NIL, it's really caused chaos, especially when interacting with the transfer portal. So we really need to be able to have national guidelines with regard to NIL and then certainly other things that come along in that regard. And then we need some safe harbors so that when we make decisions to try to create a a reasonably level playing field and have some national standards for how we do our work across the divisions. Uh, we really uh, can't be subject to legal battles every single time we do that. And so making progress in all of those areas, certainly in terms of what we do internally, but also uh, hopefully in partnership with Congress. So two quick follow-ups to what you just said. One, uh, and, and it drives me crazy how people don't get this, as to why the NCAA can't just say, okay, this is what NIL is, uh, you know, regardless of what your state is saying and, you know, across 50 states, um, tell everyone why that just can't happen. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I understand why people don't get it. So I'll, I'll use an example to illustrate. So one of the things that we believe would be really helpful to uh, clear up some of the chaos in, the trans in, in NIL is a national clearinghouse where everybody has to report their deals and what's expected uh, to be done for getting the money in that NIL deal. So that one, you kind of begin to see what the market is for it. It also makes it much easier to know if, uh, if any of these are being done in a way that are intended to be inducements for student athletes and so on. So we really believe a national clearinghouse would be fabulous. Well, there are states that require student athletes to report their NIL. And so that would work and you could have them in a clearinghouse. There are other states where the state laws actually prevent student athletes from actually reporting their NIL activity. And then there's a bunch of states where there's just no guidelines around it. So the NCAA cannot create a national clearinghouse where all student athletes have to report their NIL because some state laws restrict student athletes from reporting. And so that's just one small example. But when you have all these state laws, the NCAA does not have the authority to override state law. And so if you're gonna have a kind of a reasonable, fair standard that helps student athletes understand what's going on in NIL, you really need a national standard. And to get that national standard, we have to have preemption of state law. One thing that I thought was very key that I hadn't thought about before that, and forgive me if I can't remember if it was you or Charlie Baker that said it, was that in the response to a question about, well, Congress can't get anything done, they can't agree, you know, now you've got Republican-controlled House, Democratic-controlled Senate, uh, nothing will happen. They're all alums, and there's pressure from their donors, who are alums of State U or whatever, uh, in their district, in their state. And so that's actually a really interesting way to go at it, to go to those people who have a vested interest in college athletics to their representative. And I hadn't heard that argument before. Why do you think that'll be effective? We probably have one of the, uh, if we can get everybody in the association really on the same page on this and to understand why it's so important that we go to Congress, we probably have one of the best grassroots foundational efforts to reach every single member in Congress that I can imagine. Because when you think about it, we have over 1,100 institutions all across the country. There's probably not 
a, a, a representative or a senator in Congress that either didn't graduate from one of our institutions, doesn't have one of our institutions in their district, or as you say, has donors and supporters that went to one of our institutions. And so I think when you combine that with the fact that, frankly, people love college sports, and it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent, you love college sports, you cheer for your local team, regardless of whether they're division one, two or three, and, and you want to see that continue to be healthy. So I think we have a lot of things going for us that in many ways transcends partisan politics. Now, whether we can actually transcend those partisan politics in the, in the interest of a healthy, sustainable college athletics model in the future, you know, is still up for debate. But I do think we have such a broad base of interest that ties to every single member of Congress that it gives us a good opportunity, even in, frankly, a difficult time in Washington. One thing that I thought was so true here at the convention maybe more in years past, is the voice from the student athletes is being heard. And, you know, Charlie Baker clearly was listening as well on his listening tour. And one of the Transformation Committee agenda items that was endorsed was on mental health, uh, which is obviously a, a national crisis, uh, certainly in, in the adolescent world, the young adult world, um, you know, across the country. What have you seen in terms of the president's the athletic directors, the administrators, really listening to the student-athletes and what they need. The voice of the student-athletes was critically important. Even if you go back to the development of the new constitution, they were their feedback was critical in the values you see in that and some of the changes there. And then all the way through all of those recommendations of the Transformation Committee, the students' fingerprints are all over those. And I do have to commend our, our SACs and then our representatives on those various committees that they listened to their student constituents, they brought that back and we listened carefully to it. So, so much of what you see embedded throughout those transformation committee recommendations was deeply informed by our student athletes. And of all the things they gave us feedback on, mental health was the one that they were most concerned about, that they felt had to be a priority. And that's why you see that in one of those recommendations of the Transformation Committee. And we know that's an issue across our campuses. It's not just about our student athletes, but student athletes do have unique pressures and demands on them. And we have to be attentive to that. And everyone I know that has anything to do with college athletics recognizes that. And uh, and for students, it's such a high priority that we really have to continue to pay attention to it and find even better ways to support our student athletes. You're a president at a Power Five school, major college football. Uh, obviously, doing the show, I see so many great values and aspects of membership uh, that the public doesn't always see across Division One, Two, II, and Three. It's simply not going anywhere. There's so many important aspects of this entire membership organization. For you, at a high level, at a Power Five, what does the membership, the NCAA, the organization mean to you? Well, as you know, I was an NCAA student athlete at Oklahoma State. My husband was, my daughter was, my dad won an NCAA championship as a basketball player. So my family has sort of been touched by the NCAA for decades. Uh, and it gave us opportunities that we wouldn't have had otherwise because we got to play college sports. And so on a very personal, deep level, uh, the opportunities I had, many of which were because of some of the opportunities the NCA has provided and the structure it's provided has been really important. But I think also as a university president, 
Uh, when you look across the landscape of higher education, college sports really matters on our campuses. It brings our campus communities together. It gives our students something to bond around. And then uh, on a level just related to the student athletes, it gives so much opportunity to so many young people, regardless of what division they might participate in, to go to college that they would potentially never had and really changes, changes the trajectory of their lives and their families' lives for generations to come. And so uh, I have a, a deep commitment to college athletics. Uh, we have to continue to change and transform in Division One. We clearly were slow to the gate on that in some instances that have, that have led to some of our challenges. Uh, but I think we know we've got to continue to make progress and continue to create opportunities for student athletes, not just to perform well in their sport, but to have greater and better opportunities in life because of the education they got while they were a student athlete. And, and lastly, Linda, you're a leader, you know leadership. What did you see in Governor Charlie Baker that drew you to him as being the next leader of this organization? Unbelievably impressed with Charlie Baker and uh, so fortunate that he agreed to come on board and, and lead us as we go forward. Uh, he has a passion for education and for college sports because of his background and experience. He actually knows a ton about college sports, but well beyond that, I mean, you've got to love what you're doing, right? And so he's going to love this and he cares deeply about young people, but he has had such success at bringing people together from disparate perspectives, from disparate political parties to take on and solve really big complex problems. And he loves taking on big and complex problems. And he's shown not only that he's willing to do it, but that he's been able to bring solutions and action to those problems. And given where we're, what we're facing in the NCAA and the, uh, the tumultuous environment that we're in, we felt like his skills from a business perspective, uh, from a political perspective, and then just his, he's an unbelievably personable individual, unbelievably authentic. Uh, he's just the right person for the job right now. We're unbelievably excited about him getting started. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, I know we'll be talking more, and it's great to be actually in person with you rather than over a laptop. Uh, as always, you can go to ncaa.org slash social series, where all our social series are archived. A ton of great conversations like this one with Baylor President Linda Livingstone. Thanks for watching, everyone.